Good morning, Sunshift. Welcome to a Daily Course in Miracles conference call, where we remember where everyone is the Son of God. We remember Lesson 302 today, where darkness was, I look upon the light. Today we're reading from Chapter 29, The Awakening. We will be reading the introduction all the way through Section 2, Closing the Gap. In this holy instant, I'm turning the call over to Reverend Rita for morning prayer. Reverend Rita? Rita, are you there? Hmm. I don't see her. Wow, would anyone like to do an opening prayer this morning? This is Reverend Rita Joy. Oh, great. I equipment got canceled <laughs> just just now. <laughs> I, I couldn't get in the call this morning. It's just a, it's an interesting morning. Oh, yeah. So, so kind to um, settle us down and Get us ready to rock here. Yeah. Okie doke. Let me see here. Just a moment. Um, so lesson 302. Up. I'm going to pull up the lesson. Yeah, just a second. I don't have it on my... Okay. Okie doke. So, well... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> just a moment. Okay. We'll begin this morning, our time together. We'll just close our eyes and we'll draw that awareness within. And we begin to relax. We settle down. And we begin to feel a little more peaceful, a little more centered, just by closing our eyes, just by drawing that awareness within. It's a mindfulness Actually, we can do this any time during our day, just taking us a few seconds to become quiet, still, relaxed. We relax our breath and our thoughts relax as well. And we can open to the loving thoughts of God, to our real thoughts, to our Holy Spirit, our right mind. So today... We are opening to our lesson as it guides us. Lesson 302, where darkness was, I look upon the light. This is our prayer today. Father, our eyes are opening at last. Your holy world awaits us as our sight is finally restored. And we can see. We thought we suffered. But we had forgot the Son whom you created. Now we see that darkness is our own imagining. And light is there for us to look upon. Christ's vision changes darkness into light. For fear must disappear when love has come. Let me forgive your holy world today, that I may look upon its holiness and understand it but reflects my own. And the lesson goes on. Our love awaits us as we go to him and walks beside us, showing us the way. He fails in nothing. He, the end we seek, and he, the means by which we come to him. 
unquote. He, the love we are, the love that created us like itself, is the way. Love has come. And so it is. Amen. Here we go. Chapter 29, The Awakening, Introduction. There is no time, no place, no state where God is absent. There is nothing to be feared. There is no way in which a gap could be conceived of in the wholeness that is his. The compromise, the least and the littlest gap would represent in his eternal love is quite impossible. For it would mean his love could harbor just a hint of hate his gentleness turns sometime to attack and his eternal patience sometimes fails. All this do you believe when you perceive a gap between your brother and yourself? And how could you trust him then? For he must be deceptive in his love. Be wary then. Let him not come too close and leave a gap between you and his love through which you can escape if there be need for you to flee. Lee, one and two, please. There is no time, excuse me. There is no time, no place, no state where God is absent. There is nothing to be feared. There's no way in which a gap could be conceived of in the wholeness that is his. The compromise, the least and littlest gap would represent in his eternal love is quite impossible. For it would mean his love could harbor just a hint of hate. His gentleness turned sometimes to attack and his eternal patience sometimes fail all this do you believe when you perceive a gap between your brother and yourself how could you trust him then for he must be deceptive in his love be wary then let him not come too close and leave a gap between you and his love through which you can escape if there be need for you to flee. Two, here is the fear of God most plainly seen, for love is treacherous to those who fear, since fear and hate can never be apart. No one who hates but is afraid of love and therefore must he be afraid of God. Certain it is he knows not what love means. He fears to love and loves to hate, and so he thinks that love is fearful. Hate is love. This is the consequence the little gap must bring to those who cherish it and think that it is their salvation and their hope. 
Thank you, Lee. <clears throat> Excuse me, Reverend Rita, two and three, please. Okay, two. Um, here is the fear of God most plainly seen. For love is treacherous to those who fear, since fear and hate can never be apart. No one who hates but is afraid of love, therefore must he be afraid of God. Certain it is he knows not what love means. He fears to love and loves to hate. And so he thinks that love is fearful and hate is love. This is the consequence the little gap must bring to those who cherish it and think that it is their salvation and their hope. Three, the fear of God, the greatest obstacle that peace must flow across, has not yet gone. The rest are past, but this one still remains to block your path and make the way to light seem dark and fearful, perilous, and bleak. You have decided that your brother is your enemy, sometimes a friend, perhaps, provided that your separate interests made your friendship possible a little while, but not without a gap between you, lest he turn again into an enemy. Let him come close to you, and you jumped back. As you, as you approached, he instantly withdrew. Hmm. A cautious friendship, limited in scope, and carefully restricted in amount, became the treaty you had made with him. You shared a qualified entente, in which a clause of separation was a point on which you both agreed to keep intact. And violating this, was thought to be a breach of treaty not to be allowed. Thank you, Reverend Regia. Carl, three, please. The fear of God, the greatest obstacle that peace must follow across has not yet gone. The rest are past, but this one still remains to block your path and make the way to light seem dark and fearful, perilous and bleak. You had decided that your brother is your enemy, sometimes a friend perhaps, provided that your, that your separate interests made your friendship possible a little while, but not without a gap between you, lest he turn again into an enemy. Let him come close to you, and you jumped back. As you approached, he instantly withdrew. A cautious friendship, limited in scope, and carefully restricted in amount, became the treaty you had made with him. You shared a qualified entente in which a clause of separation was a point on which you both agreed to keep intact. And violating this was thought to be a breach of treaty not to be allowed. Thank you, Carl. Let's open up the floor and talk about the introduction. Yeah, this is Reverend Rita Julian. It reminds me of that lesson. I, I trust my brother, who is one with me, and um, I think of that when I'm tempted to feel mistrust of another person. 
to look at that another person it, it all for me it and it's all coming down over and over and over and over to identity who I am and then that implies or mm, uh, informs who my brother is so it, it comes down to know thyself that's so and that's it that's it in a nutshell know thyself if I truly knew myself capital S self I would know my brother it's just a given and then I would trust my brother not his ego but I'm not at the effect of what's not real that's where my faith comes that's where my strength comes that's why I don't need to protect myself because I have faith in what is real truly nothing real can be threatened it takes great faith to know that in this world I think but we're given that as we look with the Holy Spirit that's what we're given and we look with Christ's eyes and we have we have faith in our brother yesterday I met a person on the on the on the street and I knew I had parked and as soon as as soon as I parked and looked up he was in front of my car and I knew that he was um, going to most likely need something from me <clears throat> and so when I got out of my car I noticed he was uh, I looked like American Indian and he said I I like that dream catcher you have on your on your mirror and I have a dream catcher I have hanging on my rearview mirror and I got it from the st. Joseph's Indian School so I I thanked him and I I mentioned where it came from and then he said oh, oh I used to live near there and you know just tell him and it was just such a nice joining and he he then he said can you help me out and I I never carry cash but I have I had some cat not only that I had a lower you know usually if I carry cash it's like a $20 bill but I had a, a $5 bill and I I gave it to him and I I held his hand and we just connected and he said uh, something like bless you and I said bless you now I think this course I think my connection to the Holy Spirit because that joining with my brother is worth a million dollars um, seeing trusting my brother seeing the light in him I thought of him that was yesterday and I thought of him again today uh, I wish I had spent some more time with him but anyway I don't know I, I never intended to share that but it just came out so I'm complete thank you nice Rija thank you uh, yeah thank you Reverend That's nice. beautiful thank you Reverend Rija this is Lee look what we're look what we're introduced to at the beginning of chapter 29 the awakening there's no time there's no place there is no state where God is absent there's nothing to be feared there is no way in which a gap could be conceived of in the wholeness that is his we read in yesterday's section or the one before that there's no gap between truth and eleven and illusion and that the truth penetrates everywhere and into everything 
this for me is a continuation of that idea. Am I ready to accept that there's no time, place, state where God is absent? That God penetrates everything and everywhere within his creation? That if I imagine there's a place I can go where God is not, then I'm conceiving of a gap that he says is the nature of my suffering. The compromise, the least and littlest gap would represent in his eternal love is quite impossible. For it would mean his love could harbor just a hint of hate. Where is this hate? Where is this distance? Where does it really exist? Why do I think it's so real? He tells me so many times my mind has twisted into a misperception of everyone and everything where I think a distance exists between me and my brother, where I imagine a distance exists between me and my creator, where in my fear of God's love, I create a gap between myself and the presence of radiant, innocent life all around me. I create that gap and then suffer by it. I create a gap between you and me so I can be a little safe and come together when I think it's safe and then retreat into, into separation. He's calling me out here. Look at what you're doing, he says. Look how you are about love. Look how fearful you are of joining. And what's the consequence of your fear but that you erect a whole version of things in what you think is a safe gap between yourself and the reality he offers you in every holy instant. The fear of God, the greatest obstacle peace must flow across, has not yet gone. And that fear of God is my fear of life and the offer of life, my fear of his love and the offer of that love. The fear of joining and the present offer of joining. The fear of unity and what that would mean to the little safety I carve out where I get to withdraw from the offer of life and retreat into my isolation where I can control and manipulate and milk only what I think is important and what I cherish individually and specially. He calls me out of my room and says, what, what do you want? Why would you refuse what's on offer? Why do you persist in choosing separation and refusing all that is in unity? Um, that's what I get from these three paragraphs. I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Great to hear you on the call. That was Thanks, fantastic, Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lee. That was great. Thank you. It occurs to me that if I were in totally in the present moment, I wouldn't hold anything against my brother 
because all that I'm holding against my brother is something from the illusory past. And so, just while I was getting my computer ready, um, I was listening to the radio, this song came on, and I thought it must be the perfect theme song of the Holy Spirit. You'll never know if you don't know now. And, of course, that's the pun. If you don't know now, you'll never know how much I love you. And uh, it's, it seems to work. It seems to, <laughs> you know, be relevant way to to say this too. <laughs> um, learning to love myself was a morning to love my brother, my elder brother Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and everybody. So um, thank you, and I'm complete. Wow, thank you. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Thanks, Ida. You have a great voice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hi, this is Paula. You know, having read this chapter a few times, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still reading it today, especially two. Here is the fear of God most plainly seen. And you know, <clears throat> when I stop and listen and read, and as I listen to Lee, that when I read this particular line too I I fear God I fear my brother therefore I fear God and that's what wakes me up that's what makes me stand up and take notice my fear of God my fear of oneness and that makes me say no I don't feel love. And I allow that to sink in and let it envelop me and feel it. And yet, do I go out into this world of form and see all my brothers and sisters? Do I feel that love? No. To be honest, not all the time. I ask. I seek. I ask the why. Why don't I feel the oneness at all? I felt it a couple of times and it felt great. But I guess, not I guess, I know, as we said, you know, we, or I do anyway, keep throwing, going into that little gap where I make up my own rules and my own devices, you know, pick and choose when I feel and when I don't feel and I so want to close that gap. That's the question. Why? Why do I not close that gap? So, again, I keep practicing, and I know in my heart that with every step, and as I mentioned in the past, those little baby steps, that gap is getting closed getting closer and closer and I don't fear God I love God because I know God loves me as I am with all my imperfections I'm complete 
Welcome back, Paula. Thank you, Paula. Thank you. Thank you, Paula. Great. Thank you, Paula. Well, shall we close the gap? Um, yeah, let's close the gap. <laughs> All right, Carl, um, one, two, three, four, please. The closing of the gap, paragraph four. The gap between you is not one of space between two separate bodies. This but seems to be dividing off your separate minds. It is the symbol of a promise made to meet when you prefer and let me start over. It is the symbol of a promise made to meet when you prefer and separate until you both elect to meet again. And then your bodies seem to get in touch and signify a meeting place to join. But always it is possible to go your separate ways. Conditional upon the right to separate, will you agree to meet from time to time and keep apart in intervals of separation, which protect you from the sacrifice of love? The body saves you, for it gets away from total sacrifice and gives you time in which to build again your separate self, which you believe, which you believe diminish as you meet. Thanks, Carl. Paula, are you able to read four and five? Yes, I am. Great. The closing of the gap. The gap between you is not one is not one of space between two separate bodies. This but seems to be dividing off your separate minds. It is the symbol of a promise made to meet when you prefer and separate when you both elect to meet again. And then your bodies seem to get in touch and signify a meeting place to join. But always is it possible to go your separate ways. Conditionally upon the right to se- conditionally upon the right to separate, will you agree to meet from time to time and keep apart in intervals of separation, which protect you from the sac- sacrifice of love? The body saves you, for it gets away from total sacrifice and gives you time in which to build again your separate self, which you believe diminish as you meet. Five, the body could not separate your minds unless you wanted, wanted it to. Let me read that again. The body could not separate your minds unless you wanted it to be a cause of separation and of distance seen between you. Thus do you endow it with a power that lies not within itself, and herein lies its power over you. For now you think that it determines what you meet and limits your ability to make communion with each other's mind. For now you think that it determines when you meet and limits your ability to make communion with each other's mind. And now it tells you where to go and how to go there, what is feasible for you to undertake 
and what you cannot do. It dictates what its health can tolerate and what will tire it and make it sick. And its inherent, inherent weaknesses set up the limitations on what you would do and keep your purpose limited and weak. Thank you, Paula. Mary, five and six, please. The body could not separate your minds unless you wanted it to be a cause of separation and of distance seen between you. Thus do you endow it with a power that lies not within itself. And herein lies its power over you. For now you think that it determines when you meet and limits your ability to make communion with each other's mind. And now it tells you where to go and how to go there, what is feasible for you to undertake, and what you cannot do. It dictates what its health can tolerate and what will tire it and make it sick. And its, quote, inherent Weaknesses set up the limitations on what you would do and keep your purpose limited and weak. Six, the body will accommodate to this if you would have it so. It will allow but limited indulgences in, quote, love with intervals of hatred in between. And it will take command of when to love and when to shrink more safely into fear. It will be sick because you do not know what loving means. And so you must misuse each circumstance and everyone you meet and see in them a purpose, not your own. Thank you, Mary. So do we have a new reader? Uh, let me check with Bryce. Bryce, are you able to read six and seven? Um, not safely. Okay. Uh, Chris, I, I just wanted to mention, in case I hadn't, uh, that Barbara and Harrison are with us and listening. Oh. All right. Hi, Barbara Harrison. Hi, Chris. I can read, Chris. Spray Oh, friend. Okay. Six. The body will accommodate to this if you would have it so. It will allow but limited indulgence in love with intervals of hate in between. And it will take command of when to love and when to shrink more safely into fear. It will be sick because you do not know what loving means. And so you must misuse each circumstance and everyone you meet and see in them a purpose not your own. Seven, it is not love that asks the sacrifice, but fear demands the sacrifice of love. For in love's presence, fear cannot abide. For hate to be maintained, love must be feared, and only sometimes present, sometimes gone. Thus is love seen as treacherous, because it seems to come and go, uncertainly and offer no stability to you. You do not see how limited and weak is your allegiance 
and how frequently you have demanded that love go away and leave you quietly alone in, quote, peace. Thank you, Fran. New reader, please, for seven and eight. I will. Seven. It okay. is not love. What? Go ahead. Is that Ida? This is Ida. I'm sorry. Um, seven. It is not love that asks a sacrifice, but fear demands a sacrifice of love, for in love's presence fear cannot abide. For hate to be maintained, love must be feared, and only sometimes present, sometimes gone. Thus is love seen as treacherous, because it seems to come and go uncertainly, and offer no stability to you. You do not seem... You do not see how limited and weak is your allegiance and how frequently you have demanded that love go away and leave you quietly alone in peace. Eight. The body, innocent of any goal, is your excuse for variable goals you hold and force the body to maintain. You do not fear its weakness, but its lack of strength or weakness. Would you recognize that nothing stands between you? Would you know there is no gap behind which you can hide? There is a shock that comes to those who learn their Savior is their enemy no more. There is a wariness that is aroused by learning that the body is not real. And there are overtones of seeming fear around the happy message, God is love. Thank you, Ida. And new reader, please, for 9 and 10. I'm sorry, 8 and 9. All right, Lee, um, 8 and 9, please. The body, innocent of any goal, is your excuse for variable goals you hold and force the body to maintain. You do not fear its weakness, but its lack of strength or weakness. Would you recognize that nothing stands between you? Would you know there is no gap behind which you can hide? There is a shock that comes to those who learn their savior is their enemy no more. There is a wariness that is aroused by learning that the body is not real. And there are overtones of seeming fear around the happy message, God is love. Nine. Yet all that happens when the gap is gone is peace eternal. Nothing more than that and nothing less. Without the fear of God, what could induce you to abandon him? What toys or trinkets in the gap could serve to hold you back an instant from his love? Would you allow the body to say no to heaven's calling? Were you not afraid to find a loss of self in finding God? Yet can yourself be lost 
by being found. Mm. Thank you, Lee. Reverend Reza, nine, please. Mm-hmm. Okay, nine. Yet all that happens when the gap is gone is peace eternal. Nothing more than that and nothing less. Without the fear of God, what could induce you to abandon him? What toys or trinkets in the gap could serve to hold you back an instant from his love? Would you allow the body to say no to heaven's calling? Were you not afraid to find a loss of self in finding God? Yet can yourself be lost by being found? Mm. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Yet all that happens when the gap is gone is peace eternal. Amen. The floor is open. I I need to say that this is very much up for me right now. This is exactly what's in my face with the woman, ironically, from, of course, Miracle Study Group. And it's, um, I see all these things that we both do. Well, mostly, I see what I do when I hear these words and read these words we just read. And... That's a good thing. But now, um, these things that ego does are very clearly visible to me. And so I have to assume that, even though there's no cause and effect, but my belief in cause and effect, it, but now if I see it so clearly, I'm closer to letting it go. I don't know about forever, but at least letting it go in this instance. And yet I sort of despair about the idea that even if I'm seeing it so clearly and so much in my face, I can actually move from the limited, quote-unquote, love, hate type of relationship, special relationship, to something more real, something holy, you know, just unconditional love. And... I feel like I'm asking a question and I'm asking you guys for the answer, but I know the real answer with a capital A comes from within. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. This is Thank Carl. I've been, I've been thinking a lot uh, over these last lessons about the word gap. And, uh, you know, the first time I came across the word gap in a, in a spiritual sense was, was um, you know, in, in the process of meditation, uh, as you quiet your mind, you attempt to find the gap in between the thoughts. And that's where pure awareness lies. In this, in this, in, in what we read here from, and, and by the way, that gap seems to be small. Um, it's getting a little wider, 
the gap I'm talking about. This is a different kind of gap. <laughs> uh, seems to to be small, and and the the whole idea is for it to get wider and wider until you you live in a state of pure awareness. From from the Christ perspective, from Jesus' perspective, he looks at at um, the gap as you know on 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 our side of the veil as uh, and I hope I I'm making sense here on our side of the veil as small. Okay, although we perceive it as large, you know, living in what he calls the gap. Um, is is uh, sometimes seems all encompassing, and you know we're trying to to undo that large gap and find pure awareness. So um, I don't know where I'm headed here with this, but uh, uh, I guess it has to do with the way I see the gap as something that um, a place where I I want to be in terms of finding pure awareness and he sees it sees the gap as a place where we are that we want to undo the thing, the, the, the reality of it is, is it's, it's, it, it means it means the same thing, and I think it it has to do with your perspective. Um, what he is suggesting that we do is is narrow uh, that gap that he sees us living in, so that we can realize pure awareness and uh, I'm probably not making any sense it all made sense before I started <laughs> but uh, it, it all has to do with the same thing and that's and that's really really eliminating those false thoughts that, that, that we we have those false beliefs that we have that that uh, cause us in Jesus terms to live live in the gap and as we eliminate those thoughts and those beliefs we uh, uh, narrow that gap that, that he sees us living in I'm complete thank, thank you, you Carl, Carl. Uh, this is Bryce uh, the last uh, paragraph we read and uh, something I may have misunderstood in, in Ida's share, um, I heard, the, I heard uh, losing face. Um, it may have not been what you said, Ida, but I, uh, that jumped out in my mind. And the section, closing the gap, uh, now is reminding me of this idiom called losing face. <clears throat> um, the last section talks about losing yourself in, in God. Um, 
And when I when I think of, of the fear of God, I actually think of the fear of death. And really the fear of who I think I am, which is what losing faith is. It's it's what the ego is constantly vigilant to save through all that I resist about what is when I'm trying to save face, when I'm trying to be somebody separate by enforcing all the things that reinforce my separateness. How's my face different than your face? How's what I think different than what you think? How is where I live different from where you live? How is my job and my title and my scope of life defined? And to me, the idea of the fear of God is that all of that becomes null and void under the perfect settling ground of the oneness in God. And that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of losing face, who I think I am. And that's the gap I maintain. Because that's who I think I am. I'm, I'm defined by what I think. But I'm not defined by what I think. I'm defined by the creation that exists as me, in me, through me, the thinker, the dreamer, that love that I am when I quit thinking about who I am. <laughs> I let the gap, Carl, in my thinking become who I am. Closing the gap between who I think I am and who I really am. Same as you, one with you, with no differentiation except the one I made up. That's what I'm doing to myself to reinforce a gap, to give meaning to a separate self rather than allow the true self be myself. I'm complete. Thank you so much, Bryce. Thanks, Thanks Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Beautiful, Bryce. Thank you. Thank you, Grace. This is Sharon, and I um, have been getting in touch the last uh, day or so with something that I <laughs> really had suppressed, and that is and it's just such a blessing because now that I can see it, I can do something about it, or the Holy Spirit, and I can do something about it. Um, and that is... Um, when I was listening to the call, um, listening to the reading, I became aware again of, for the second time in the last 24 hours, that I, there's a part of me, not I, but there's a part of me that really does not want to be in contact with God, does not want to, is saying, no, I'm fine just like I am. Thank you. It's fine. I'm fine. And it it's like, what? And I 
the fact that that unconscious voice is now becoming conscious is excellent because I wouldn't have believed it a while back or I would have kind of known, well, it must be true because I'm not happy all the time. I must not want it because I'm not happy. But how, what? How can I not want happiness? And it's true. And it reminds me of when I was a little girl and um, my mom and I would be have a fight and um, then she would hold me on her lap and just give me a bunch of love and say, it's okay, honey, or something. She would just give me a lots of acceptance, and I did not want to let it in. It's like, no. <laughs> and so I get to experience now being in that state, and, okay, just look at this. Just be here and be aware of it and not try to push it away or change its mind. It's just, oh, okay, there's that. And then say, you know, that's sure, that's just ego. Oh, yeah. So that's my process at the moment, and it's all part of my moving towards God is my awareness that a part of me doesn't want to do that. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Let's leave the the closing of the gap. Um, Strikes me as an invitation. He's gone to all this uh, trouble across these last several sections to make it clear to me how that gap appears and how that gap appears in all my relationships. My relationship to my creator, to each of you, to this world and to this life. I insist on a gap. That's what my specialness and my separateness requires of me is that I maintain that gap. And I only do it because I'm fearful of what I don't know. I'm frightened of love. And I'm really frightened of joining. But what I see again and each of these initial sections begins to pick up more momentum. This one continues right into the next section. But what I see is this enormous invitation. He's asking me, Lee, when you're tired of imposing separation and everything having to do with illusion upon your own life, just stop. Stop using the body for what the body itself does not impose. Stop blaming the body for the distance between you or imagining that the body imposes the distance between you and another brother and recognize your mind assigning that purpose to the body. Well, sure, the body will do what it's told. The emphasis for me in this section is this sense that he's pleading with me. Lee, please, please already recognize all that is given, all the wonder and holiness 
that could immediately greet your mind if you would open to it to make the pinch of separation go away just stop pinching stop defending stop resisting stop isolating stop withdrawing stop imagining that your safety comes in isolation when I see the body the way I do when I look at the world the way I do my mind has taken on a sickness that denies its natural capacity to make its peace with everything on the basis of what I actually am I'm drawn to the last part of paragraph 6 where he says the consequence of that is that you misuse each circumstance and everyone you meet and see in them a purpose not your own he would have me understand Lee there's no place there's no time there's no circumstance where God is absent am I to imagine he means there's no time place or circumstance except this period between my birth and my death where God is absent God's not absent from anywhere except the period from my birth to my death he's here his presence is palpable he's just on the other side of my resistance and I'm only asked to stop resisting and embrace everything I'm given thanks I'm complete Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Thank Feeling you. your fire today, Lee. I love you, brother. Yes, me too. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank guys. You, Lee. I needed to hear that. Exactly like that. Thank you, Lee. It was really helpful for me to hear you talk about being afraid of something I don't know. That's exactly what is true for me. Exactly. That was so perfect. I'm glad I'm not alone in that. Well, is that misery loves company? Well, I'm glad. I'm glad at least. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not alone in it. Now I can. Now I feel better. <laughs> Thanks. I'm complete. Sharon, you, Sharon. Yes, I, I agree with everything that was just said about what you read and how you're doing this morning. Oh, double. <laughs> Thanks, Ida. Paula? Yeah, not alone. That's, that's the key. We're not alone. We're ruling it together. Thank you, Lee. Was that Paula? Was that Paula talking to That was me. Paula, you're back? Yes, I'm back. <laughs> Welcome back. Back from my, my journey. Yes, Welcome healing. Yay. Yeah. It's a journey, and I'm glad to be home. I never really left you guys. I was always lurking or reading, but it's good to I hear know. you, to be I part know. of you. Thank you. And now I'm going down to Neptune to be part of Reverend Pam's group. So I'll be listening. This is Reverend Rita Joy, and I 
what came up for me is that the fear of love, you know, God is love, fear of love is, and he tells us in the Course, is very connected to our fear of death. And whether it be, well, it's the fear of who we think we are. Um, if we think we're a body, we might fear the body's death. If we think, you know, we're what the ego tells us we are, we might feel fear the fear the end of our ego, which can be uh, frightening uh, because it's. I guess we figure that it's. We know the ego very well, intimately. And there's no, you know, we know we're, we're familiar with that. We're familiar with pain and fear. And we're not so familiar with bliss, with joy, undefended joy, with openness. We're, we're very, you know, I'm familiar with, I'm familiar with uh, being closed and, and uh, separated off. But, but, I think that to move through the fear of death is so helpful to even, sometimes people say, just even imagine your tombstone or just imagine in your mind not being here. We hold that off. We put that out of our mind. We go along as if not going to happen or I in my past used to go along without that thought and now that in my life that thought is ever present because I'm moving and shifting my awareness of who of time (laughs) it's because of this course (laughs) I'm blaming this course I'm shifting my experience of time of bodies of places you know of reality because I'm shifting into the real world and uh, so uh, but 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 at the at the entrance is that often is that fear of death tied to the fear of love so like I said before let's die already <laughs> let's get it over with just do it just I'm saying to even, well, to myself, just in my mind, let go. What are you holding on to? When I'm worried, I go, what are you worried about? Okay, imagine it happening. Are you still there? Yes. <laughs> you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Are you still there? Are you still love? Are you still as God created you? Yes. What's the worry? Remember that there was a guru, he said, no, uh, don't worry, ah, Mayor Baba. Oh, what a, what a beautiful, don't worry, be happy, you know, basically. No, do not worry, be happy. So anyway, that's what I felt that I wanted to share. Uh, I'm complete. This is Carl. Thank you, There's a, yes, thank you. Thank you, Reverend Reza. You, you. Uh, thank you so uh, much, Reverend Reza. Your share, Reverend Rija, uh, reminded me, and that's why I jumped in so quickly, of <laughs> something I, I listened to the other day. Um, and I'm going to, it's an MP3, and I'll put it in our, our Skype group. 
and it is uh, it's probably uh, 60 minutes of uh, Regina Don Akers talking about the actual um, what happens when the ego is given up totally. And it's not from her perspective. In, ter- in other words, she, she, she will say over and over again, I am not awake as of yet. But uh, she certainly uh, uh, has uh, contemplated it, and she shares uh, 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 some things about it, including uh, David Hawkins, Dr. David Hawkins' experience. Um, so it's it's really quite uh, wonderful to listen to, and it's something that uh, I think it, it it helps one to understand what what the process is and what uh, what will happen. So I'll, I'll just put the MP3 in in Skype, and anybody who wants to listen to it can. I'm complete. Excellent. Thank you, Carl. Thanks a lot. Look forward to it. Thank you, Carl. I know my father. Um, when my father died at the age of 82 in 2004, um, it was wonderful how I was allowed to be there with him on the East Coast because I live in Arizona and didn't have money to get to the East Coast. But I was sent there with a group, part of a group I was in for a conference. So I was there and I got to see him a couple of days before he died and he was at peace with me, with himself, with the family, and with seemingly everybody, the world, the universe, God. And that is not how I saw him for the rest of his life, you know, before that. But he, um, that intimate relationship, that uh, example for me, I believe helps me lessen my fear of death. I I don't know for sure, but it seems to be um, the case. And uh, I appreciate uh, you all letting me just jump in like this. Um, and uh, I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Ada. Reverend Regia, the your share was really helpful to me in the sense that I um, realize, and I, I've known this for a long time, that one of my biggest fears in in my in progressing on is oblivion. I, there's a part of me that has a belief that I won't be, I won't exist anymore, and that's the ego that thinks it won't exist. Um, but I, I know that's very real for me, and I want to know that I would just, that that the real I would just. I really want to know what the real I is. That's the bottom line. The real self. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Just in reference to that, Sharon, it's my conviction that not one of us transitions 
without becoming fully acquainted with ourself. That that singular experience of suddenly being restored to the memory of what we actually are um, is so overwhelmingly blissful and healing and um, I mean it's beyond words like uplifting it's simply <laughs> world shattering it's um, that there's an experience we're delivered to that could be described as a full acquaintance as one's self and that it um, it answers every question, it heals every wound, resolves everything, and introduces one in that uh, singular moment to the memory of God, the face of Christ, and everything he's described throughout this course. I don't think any one of us transitions without that experience. And certainly in that experience, um, all notion of my fear of dissolution would be gone if I came to know exactly all that I am and was created to be. I'm complete. Thank you so much, Lee. Wow. Thank you, Lee. 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 Anna. This is Anna. Um, I can um, say it from my experience, and uh, that you you don't need to worry um, about your fears um, as you approach the the precipice of death, supposed death. Um, as you approach it. You are sent whatever you need to make that transition um, peaceful. And, um, and you know, you know that you're not going into oblivion. If that's your fear, you will be shown where you're going before you transition, even if it's just for an instant, because as you approach death, um, time ceases before you transition um, and your sight opens. That's my experience in my three times. Uh, thank you so much, I'm complete. You need not fear. Thank you, thank you Anna. Anna. Uh, this is Mary. I just want to express how grateful I am that uh, all of you are here on this journey with me. Uh, I used to feel so separate, but now all that you have expressed today is the same feelings I have, too, it's the same beliefs. And uh, as I was meditating while you were speaking, I, I was seeing 
You know those time-lapse pictures of flowers opening? That came to my mind, and I thought of that all of us opening uh, to the love that we are and that God is. And it's such a miracle. It's such a miracle. And uh, I certainly appreciate all that all of you do. Thank you. I love you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, gorgeous, Mary. Thank you. Oh, Mary, so Mary, you always seem to say what I'm feeling. I can never find the words, and you always put them so perfectly together. You know, and I was, you said exactly, I can't even say it over and over again. You said exactly what I was thinking. Although I will say that when, when I let go of one fear, <laughs> I uncover so many more. And I'm so grateful that um, you're all here to help me unravel it. I'm complete. Thanks, Chris. Me too. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Well, Reverend Rita, shall we close the gap? (laughs) (laughs) So to speak. (laughs) Remember, it's not the same between me and you, okay? Just saying. Well, we'll, we're at that time when we formally end our time together, but we're always connected. There's only one mind. (laughs) Minds are joined. There's only mind, all within it and it within all. That's a wonderful thought. (laughs) So we'll close our eyes for a few moments if we care to and draw the awareness within as we join one another in this beautiful Holy Communion. It's a different, a different definition of Holy Communion. Whole, our wholeness and our unity. We join now. We open to. And we had a beautiful image just now on our call of a flower opening to the light you know our lesson where darkness was I look upon the light we open like beautiful beautiful flowers to the light the light is drawing us to open and it's telling us there is no time no place no state where God is absent there is nothing to be feared We were frightened, but it was only of the dark, and the dark is nothing. It does not exist. We're learning now to trust the light. The light is real. It's God's love. It's who we are. We're afraid of ourselves. (laughs) So we join now in in that willingness to open to the light. We join in releasing our fear. Let us pray now, Father, Mother, God. You be our our strength. You be the knowledge that there's nothing to fear. You are my reality 
And I will not deny it any longer. Today, in this holy instant of now, I am letting go of my fear and opening to the reality of who I am and who my brother is. And in doing this, there is no gap. There is no distance. From loving minds, there is no separation. And every thought in one brings gladness to the other. This is what I celebrate today. Without fear, fear is gone. And today is a celebration of love. I will have challenges. You are with me. I call on you. You be the light. You be the love I extend. You see me through this journey. Thank you, everyone. So it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. Thank, Thank you so you, much. Regina. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Reverend Regina. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. Love you all.